Week six of the Big 12 football season's right around the corner. It's time for our picks against the spread. I give them to you. The spreads are moving quickly. They're moving rapidly. And you got to get on them when you can. So thank you, as always, for being here, being a part of the show. Facebook Live, YouTube. Subscribe, of course, on the podcast. You guys know that. Subscribe, rate, review. And if you leave a rating and review on iTunes, you get a free Heartland College Sports Koozie. Just send me an email with your screenshot of a rating and a review. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So grateful for you guys uh, being a part of the show and joining us each and every time we put out a new show, which we're doing more content than ever before. So thank you for supporting us and uh, being a part of the show. All right, let's get to our picks. I went two and three last week. Didn't love the picks last week. Two and three against the spread. And I'll tell you what, uh, I like this week. I feel confident this week. For the season, I'm 20-15-1 and one against the spread. So a good number. I'm pleased with that. But I want to get back to my winning ways after going 2-3 and three last week. So let's do it. Let's start it. And let's begin with the game of the week in the Big 12. Never thought I'd say that about Kansas TCU. If I told you that it, week 6 of the Big 12 football season... And the biggest game would be Kansas TCU. Or if I told you that college game day would be going to one game in the Big 12 week six, would you guess Texas OU? Would you guess K-State, Iowa State? Maybe they go to Stillwater, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Nope, they're going to Lawrence, Kansas. They're going to Lawrence, Kansas for Kansas and TCU. You can't make it up. You got to love it if you're a Big 12 fan deep down. So let's start with that game. So Kansas is a touchdown underdog against um, TCU. Here you've got two teams that are the most efficient offenses in the Big 12 by advanced metric standards. You have TCU with a rushing offense that's second best in the Big 12, but going up against a Kansas defense that the Kansas defense has not been the strong suit most of the season until last week against Iowa State. But the Kansas rush defense is the third-best rush defense in the Big 12, giving up just 3.1 yards per carry. That's a good number for Kansas on the defensive side. They have not gotten the credit they deserve for their rush defense. So if you believe, as I do, that Kansas can slow down the TCU rushing attack enough, also, here's a you want to go deep into the statistics category, Kansas is first in the Big 12 on third-down conversions. TCU is third worst in the Big 12 in third down conversions. And now we're going deep into the weeds here. Red zone defense. Kansas has the best red zone defense. TCU has the worst red zone defense. If nothing else, I believe Kansas can cover this spread at seven points. Um, I think you've got two offenses that have been high-flying thus far. KU can hang with TCU. I believe that. I think TCU's strength defensively is more in the secondary. And if Jalen Daniels can get those wheels turning again, uh, Kansas can get the offense back on track, which was stagnant last week against a good Iowa State defense. So I like that matchup from that perspective. The thing that concerns me is all this hype around college game day coming. That distracts people. That distracts players, coaches. They get caught up in the hype. They have more commitments. Lance Leipold, all the coaching staff have more commitments when you've got college game day uh, you know, coming to town. So does that throw them off a little bit on the prep side of things? 
that concerns me. But that's it. Like the matchup on paper, I am shocked, not shocked, but surprised TCU is favored by a touchdown. I think too much credit's being given possibly to that win over Oklahoma last week. Not that it wasn't a very good win, but seven points on the road against a Kansas team that's proven it can play very different kinds of football depending on how the game is going. Give me Kansas getting a touchdown at home in this game. That's just, that's just too much. Next up, Oklahoma, Texas. You know, normally I try to give you guys stats, right? And I try to give you guys, you know, really deep, not too deep, but just some analytical reasoning behind my picks. I'm not doing that for the Texas OU game. I'm just telling you this. I'm taking Oklahoma. The line has moved rapidly today. It's now nine and a half or 10 points. I'd try to get it plus 10 if you can. Buy the half a point if you have to. Oklahoma getting double digits in the Red River rivalry is just too much. I know there are, you know, Quinn Ewers is starting a quarterback for Texas. That's what's made this line move and move quickly today as of this conversation on Thursday. So I get that. I understand that. And now the money's being dumped into Texas. Quinn Ewers is back. OU looked like garbage, uh, hot garbage the last couple of weeks. So the money's pouring in the Longhorns, but it's too much. Texas hasn't won this game by more than a touchdown since it was Mac Brown and Bob Stoops in 2013. Think about that. I know that we're not sure if Dylan Gabriel is going to play in this game, but you're telling me that I'm getting OU in the Red River rivalry with double digits? I mean, you know, think about some of the games. Uh, think about the year Charlie Strong beat Tech, beat OU 24-17. I think that was OU's only loss before they got to the college football playoff. Like, this is a weird rivalry game. It always seems closer on either end than it should be. And I'm getting double digits with the Sooners? I mean, sign me up. This is a total field pick. But I've seen this game. I've seen this rivalry long enough to know that for the most part, it's cliche, but you can throw the stats out the window. They're not going to mean a whole lot. And you can find yourself in a position where this game, no one knows how the outcome's going to be. It's always unpredictable. And... Now the line keeps moving in favor of Texas. Oklahoma's getting double digits in some places. Sign me up. If you get them at 10, jump on it. Um, nine and a half, I'd still take if you don't want to buy the half a point. But it's too much. I know OU's banged up. I know we don't know what's going on with Dylan Gabriel. I know we understand and we know Quinn Ewers is playing quarterback for Texas. But come on, 10 points? No. Uh, uh, no way. Not in this game. Not 10 points. No way, no how. Next up, Oklahoma State taking on Texas Tech. In Stillwater, this game is about one matchup. The Oklahoma State defensive line against the Texas Tech offensive line. The Texas Tech offensive line is arguably the worst in the Big 12. They have given up 18 sacks in five games. That's six more sacks than any other team in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's defensive line is arguably the best in the Big 12. Veteran guys across the entire line, uh, guys who get to the quarterback. I mean, they know what they're doing on that defensive front for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They're home. The crowd's going to be rocking in Stillwater on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Donovan Smith is going to find himself running for his life if he's not getting sacked before then. That's where this game is won for Oklahoma State. 
And on top of that, you have an Oklahoma State defense that had two interceptions last week, is getting better in the secondary against a Texas Tech team that has thrown the most interceptions in the Big 12 as well with nine. That is a bad combination. Oklahoma State is going to win this game at home fairly convincingly. They will cover the nine points on Saturday against Texas Tech. I know that Tech had that great win, outstanding win for the Red Raiders against uh, Texas a couple of weeks ago. But I still have a lot of questions about this team as they get deeper in the conference play. They're playing better competition. K-State last week on the road. Now you got to go back on the road to Oklahoma State. That is a tough spot for Joey McGuire's team. That still is rebuilding, figuring itself out. And I don't see how this offensive line keeps Donovan Smith upright to make plays. I, I can't figure out how that's going to happen for him in this game. Something's got to change. You know, they struggled mightily against the K-State front, uh, you know, front defensive line last week, and it's only going to be worse this week against Oklahoma State. I don't see how that changes. So I like the Oklahoma State Cowboys, fresh off a big win in Waco, coming back home, welcoming in Texas Tech, and getting a fairly dominant win and covering the nine points in this game. So give me uh, Oklahoma State minus nine, against Texas Tech at home. Next up, last up, Farmageddon, Kansas State going to Iowa State. So K-State leads the Big 12 with nine interceptions. Iowa State has thrown six interceptions. That's the second most in the Big 12. That's a bad sign out of the gates. On top of that, Jarrell Brock, starting running back for Iowa State. What's his injury status? He left the game last week. You know, I haven't heard anything more than anybody else on whether or not he's going to play yet. But even if he plays, is he 100%? Is he banged up? What is his status? And this is for an Iowa State offense that is last in the Big 12 in rushing yards per game. I mean, they have been atrocious running the ball. They had less than one yard per carry last week against Kansas. Now you're going up against the K-State defense? Good luck. Good luck. So that is a major concern. And if you want to know what this game will ultimately come down to, though, it's Kansas State's rushing offense, which is tops in the Big 12, against Iowa State's rushing defense, which is also best in the Big 12. But here's how I see this game playing out. I think it's a classic Farmageddon, low-scoring game. But in the end, here's what happens. Iowa State's defense keeps this thing close. But Iowa State's offense is not going to stay on the field for long enough with sustained drives to give the defense a blow blow and the blow that it's going to need in this game. And eventually, Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, one of those guys is going to break off a huge run. It's going to break open this game in the second half. And Kansas State is going to win and cover the two points. They're two-point favorites on the road in Ames on Saturday night. I I hate picking a road favorite in Ames on a Saturday night. I hate doing it. But I have not seen enough from this Iowa State offense. I have not seen enough from Hunter Deckers, this offensive line, this running game, to think that after four quarters, they're going to be able to pull off this win. I could be surprised if Deckers has the game of his life. That's how they win this thing or at least plays well enough, and then the defense holds its own in something like, you know, 17-13 or whatever. But I believe that Kansas State is going to wear down Iowa State over time. Uh, The offense is not going to help the cause. It's going to be very predictable for Iowa State. They're going to have to throw the ball, and I'm not sure how well they're going to be able to do that 
against Kansas State on Saturday. So ultimately, I see K-State covering the two-point spread on the road. I know it's dicey, but that's what I'm going to do. So I've got Kansas plus seven against TCU at home. I've got Oklahoma plus, uh, plus 10 now in the Red River rivalry. I've also then got Oklahoma State minus nine against Texas Tech. And I've got K-State minus two at Iowa State. Those are the picks, 2015 and one on the season. That's where I'm going this week. And you probably should tell me I'm an idiot because I'm not just picking underdogs. Because the underdogs, if you haven't seen this, the underdogs this year are 7-2 and two straight up in the Big 12. I wrote about this on uh, heartlandcollegesports.com. 7-2 and two straight up, not against the spread. I mean, this year has been insane for the Big 12 Conference. You can't predict this thing at all. It has been crazy in this league. 7-2 and two straight up for the underdogs in the Big 12. That is unbelievable. You've only had two teams who have been favorites in nine Big 12 Conference games who have been able to say they won the game outright. How wild is that? There's no other league. I don't know if that's ever happened in college football in any other conference. That's how crazy this is. And that's what's making this the most fun Big 12 season we may have ever covered for you here. And there may have ever been going back to the mid-90s. I mean, there are always, you think about the Big 12 over the last 25 years. I mean, most conferences have that team that is clearly the team to beat. Clearly the program that can not just win the conference, but play for a national title possibly. You want to go back to Nebraska, to K-State, to Texas, to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, working your way through the last 25 years to Kansas for a hot minute, right? To Texas again, to Baylor TCU, to Oklahoma the last several years. That does not exist in the Big 12 right now. I could very well see a pair of seven and two teams in terms of conference uh, conference records playing for a Big 12 title. Seven. Heck, you could convince me that a 7-2 and two team and a tiebreaker 6-3 and three team plays for a Big 12 title this year. That's how crazy this conference has the potential, and already is, but has the potential to be over the next several weeks. And just kick back and enjoy the ride. I mean, maybe you're a Big 12 fan who only follows one team. You know, maybe you've got your team, and you don't typically watch a lot of the other games. For whatever reason, that's fine. you got a life, unlike me, you know, who just watches Big 12 football start to finish on Saturday, much to the uh, chagrin of uh, my wife at times, but she knows it's part of the family business, so what are you going to do? You want to keep eating? This is what we're going to have to do, honey. All right? That's how it works. But <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean, it's part of the job. We've turned this website into a, uh, you know, a site and uh, a digital media outlet that's reaching millions of Big 12 fans every month, and that's because of you spreading the word. We don't have any big backers like CBS or ESPN or 247 or anything like that. It's me, it's you, and it's our guys at Heartland College Sports who are just the best. So, uh, you know, I get that. But if you don't normally watch a lot of the Big 12 top to bottom, please, I'm asking you, for your own enjoyment, give it a shot this weekend. Flip back and forth between Texas OU and KUTCU. Flip on Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, the Dust Bowl. At night, put on Farmageddon. I don't know if Farmageddon's up. Is it up against Alabama A&M? I think it might be. I assume it will be. I don't know. I don't, I'm not following the SEC. I just see 
A&M fans already want Jimbo Fisher can, so go make sense of that. But with all that being said, I'm looking at this and saying to myself, this is the best time to be a Big 12 fan. Do I think we have a team that's going to make the college football playoff? No. Because you can't get into a college football playoff in the Big 12 with two losses. And there's no way in this conference, I don't see how a team is going to get through this league this year without losing a couple of conference games, with how topsy-turvy the Big 12 is going to be this season. And when the advanced analytics show the Big 12 is neck and neck with the SEC, which is what it's showing right now, that the Big 12 is right there with the SEC in terms of the best conference in America. And it's not close after the Big 12 and the SEC. You know what? How about the national media starts talking about that? How about these goobers start doing more on that front? Could they do that? If they're serious about covering college football, they will. If they're just SEC and Big Ten lackeys, which we know they are, they won't. I expect the latter, but I'm going to keep hammering it because guess what? That's how we built this thing up, promoting the Big 12, realizing nobody else would promote the Big 12 because ESPN was you know, so far deep into the sack with the SEC in particular and now the Big 10. They weren't going to do it, so somebody had to do it, so we picked up the reins. So we're going to keep beating that drum because that's what we do here. And when the data is on our side and the facts and the analytics are on our side, we're just going to scream it even louder. And eventually they're going to hear. Eventually they're going to get it. I know they're not going to want to talk about it at places like ESPN, but eventually they're going to get it. That'll wrap it up for us. Pete Mondo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, podcast listeners, leave that rating, review, subscribe. Thank you for doing it. Um, and that's why I've got these koozies. I got a box. I, I just got had, had to get a new order of another 100 because you guys are uh, leaving those ratings and reviews and subscribing to the show, which is helping us grow the show every week and get more podcasts as well on the network. We've got a Kansas-exclusive podcast, the Jayhawker Talker. We've got the Bevo broadcast covering the Longhorns. We've got, uh, let's see, Kansas State. We do a podcast for K-State, Everything Emaw podcast. We've got our Bedlam podcast covering OU and Oklahoma State. So we're building. We've got our Texas Tech podcast with Heartland College Sports. So we're doing all that. All right. So thank you guys for being a part of it. And uh, anything you can do, five-star rating, review, it helps us build this network up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great day. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon.